It is Wednesday, March 1st. You are listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. Oh, getting stuff done, everybody. Today is the first day of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, the second annual, starting at 6 o'clock tonight. Five shows a day. It's going to be a lot of fun. You guys should come down see some great comedy. We're opening up with the Locals Only Show. And there's going to be some great local comedians. It's going to be a great show tonight. Hope you guys come down and join us for that. All right. Getting started here. Uh, LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth, will be joining us momentarily. We have the Drug Policy Alliance news as well as the Gnarl Pro-Choice move. There she is. The news. Uh, Latoya is actually hosting Don't Shoot Tonight, which is our 9 o'clock show uh, featuring comedians that are not white. The colored hour. Right. <laughs> so we've got uh, Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, is going to be hosting. You'll have Charles Hoffa Kelly on that show, as well as Reed Clark, all the way from Portland, Oregon, and James Barella. He is from very far away, and I'm not sure. I don't remember where he's from, but I think it's like Florida or something. Ooh, he's don't shoot me, state. Right, he's the, <laughs> a, a lovely Hispanic man. Uh, so I'm kind of excited because we actually got some press, which Ooh. never happens, but it's amazing. Uh, part of Mission Local, and uh, I'll read this to you guys because this really nice young man named Ian Williams came in and hung out with us here at the station for a while and took a really cool picture of our front window um, that I painted. It looks like a bad, like a child finger painted it poorly, but uh, Mutiny Radio, this is by Ian Williams again. Mutiny Radio at the edge of the Mission District plans on being funny, at least for the next five days when it will host and air 25 comedy shows during its second annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Tickets for each live show are available for sale at the door at 278 121st Street and online for 10 bucks a piece. The product proceeds will go to keep the station alive. We're scraping by every month. We're not a nonprofit, but we also don't make any money, said Pam Benjamin, director of Mutiny Radio. <laughs> Mutiny developed out of Pirate Cat Radio, which was started years ago in Los Gatos by the then 15-year-old Daniel Roberts, who later changed his name to Monkey Man. It later moved into the mission location, and then in February 2011, the founder left suddenly, and those left behind reorganized into a collective, taking on a new banner, Mutiny Radio. In 2013, however, some of the collective was ready to move on. Unable to see the independent station lose its studio, Benjamin stepped in as director and has since pushed for more programs, hosts, and live shows. I saw it as this really important community space where people can express themselves without interference, she said. All of us here can protest with our voices and effectively and affect change by having our own authentic truth. Uh, despite periodic financial strain, Mutiny Radio is growing, Benjamin said. With 13 new programs, the station expects to see an uptick in listeners. Already, the station has 100,000 downloads a month. Timothy Pizza, the host of Some Call Me Tim, believes Mutiny Radio is the last bastion of something that has real heart in the mission. 
With foam and fur sound insulation on its recording studio walls, Mutiny producers operate from an old and occasionally dysfunctional soundboard. For its part, the studio looks out into a small, really small plywood stage. Recently, seven actors squeezed into the six-by-four-foot stage as they read Natalie's story, a rain check for Jack Kerouac by Deborah C. Seagal. No one in the audience of 20 minded as the thespians ducked under wires and shimmied between each other's bodies. It's the performance space that distinguishes Mutiny Radio from other community-based stations like Radio Valencia and BFFFM. A Baldwin... Arcosonic piano stands arm's length away from the studio door. On it rests a neatly penciled sign that reads, This is a very good piano. The Baldwin is just close enough to have a mic brought out to capture a moment of Mozart played by a mutiny regular. Hosts get access to professional recording equipment, a performance venue for guests, and guidance from experienced hosts like Diamond Dave Whitaker, a San Francisco mainstay and co-host of Common Thread Collective. I wouldn't actually let him give anybody guidance, but I would give them guidance on how to work it. I don't think he knows how to work the board anymore. Whitaker, who has been on the air since the 70s at stations like Kpoo, also had his own day in San Francisco, February, also has his own day in San Francisco, February 2nd. Like his ego needs that. Mutiny, however, earns only enough to keep the lights on. I think we go through waves, said Valerie Global Val Ibarra, host of Women's Magazine and co-host of Common Thread Collective. All our dues, everything, just goes to our rent and our utilities and upgrades as needed. And they're always needed, she said. It's kind of a balancing act. Ibarra called the station's offerings eclectic, which include everything from Ibarra's women's magazine to Bughouse Square, a program devoted to playing music as long as it's recorded where the musician sleeps. Some of the other 40 shows include Flat Black Plastic, which exclusively plays vinyl, Unleash the Rain, a program that offers guidance on how to grow and organize your business, and L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T with Mike Spiegelman, or Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. <laughs> he has the best song. goes, let's watch full-length movie on YouTube with Michael Spiegelman. It's a really funny song. Uh, we have... We all have creative control of what we say, and it's uncensored, something that is very rare. It's to, it's, so that's something very rare to still have a place like that, said Roman Reimer, host of Weekly Review, a program covering news items and current events. Reimer who, jo- Reimer, who joined Mutiny in 2013, takes time away from his many jobs, including acting, teaching improv, and home caregiving, to produce his show. It's more a labor of love, said Reimer. The guest producers appreciate the audience and station. You don't write poetry to make money. You write poetry because you think you're really, wait, you don't write poetry because you really think you're going to reach millions of people, said Paul Tota, author of The Gospel of Everyone, a poetic retelling of Gospel of Luke, who appeared on Common Thread Collective. If three or four people are moved by what I said today, that was a good day. The station holds five open mics a week for those eager to perfect their craft. The space is also available for rental on Saturdays, 8 to 10 p.m. For more information and tickets uh, for the comedy, go to mutinyradio.fm. Yay, so that was, a good, that was a good article. That was awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yay. So that came out today. So hopefully that sort of helps with some of driving some of the ticket sales, which 
I mean, I sent, I gave some friends that live in Santa Cruz some posters too. Sweet. Last week. Yeah. To put posts down there. There's, um, there aren't a lot of pre-sales. There's like less than 30 pre-sales for the whole festival and there's 750 tickets available total. So. I think we did better than last week. Let's just say that. Oh no, last year there were 50 pre-sales. 50. Last year there were more pre-sales. Um, at this point when we started but uh, we just got to see the bodies right well i the thing is like last year if it wasn't um if it if it wasn't a pre-sale people people weren't really here it was mostly it ended up being that the majority of people that were here were from pre-sale so i'm i am I am worried about, I mean, the thing is that it's, it's not going to be that bad because there's three volunteers for every show, plus me, plus Jonathan. Oh, and by the way, I feel so like five. that, free, I think that press that we are getting will help. I somewhat. hope so. I hope it does. I mean, the up and out people that I gave all the tickets to, they didn't, nobody wanted them. So up and out was supposed to give away eight, eight um, tickets today. I, I gave them basically like. $500 worth of tickets, right? Because it was eight day passes. So 35 times eight is whatever it is. Um, like $200, $250 worth of tickets. Nobody wanted them. They were giving them away on up and out. So, which basically means that I chose the wrong helpers. I, I chose the wrong promotion. Well, you know, I mean, I think the best thing is the fact that that article right there, yeah. as well as you are not as stressed compared to last year. Oh, because, but no, that, that's the thing though, is that I know how to, I know how to run the, I can run the 25 shows in five days. I'm not worried about that, but I am really worried about, I am, I am distinctly worried about there not being audience. Although, like I said, it's not going to be, it'll feel different than it will last year because there's no green tent outside. Everyone's going to have to be inside. So for each show, you have like between four and five comics on it. So they'll be there. They'll be here in the studio or out in the audience. And then there's three volunteers per day, plus Jonathan and myself. So that makes five. So there's going to be, even if nobody buys tickets and nobody comes to a show, there's still 10 people in the there's room. There's still going to be people. But it just means that we don't make any money. But, but I will make money off beers. So. Oh, and which, by the way, um, oh, I had to quit uh, Buzzworks. No way! That place was so cool! And it's all about because of what happened with Comedy Night. No way! Because it was so awesome? What happened? Oh, uh, so, uh... Are you allowed to talk about it? Fuck that place! Oh, okay, I'm okay, okay, talk okay. about it. Yeah, now yeah, yeah, I understand yeah, how you feel about certain shit. So, yeah. I'm gonna vent like yeah. I'm Pam for a minute. Yeah, hell yeah! This shit, so we had a great, great show. It was so good on, on Valentine's 14th Day. On the 14th of Valentine's Day. Um, I, I put together, and Pam was a part of it, and Timothy Pizza, a lot of people came out. And so, and it was, we had a Laughing Monk Brewery takeover. Um, so, organized it, went fine. One of the comedians that I put on, which was the second comedian, uh, or excuse me, the third comedian, I don't think you got to see him. He um, emailed me that following Sunday about like, you know, is this going to be a regular thing? I'm like, yeah, you know, let me try to work something out now with my boss. Let me get back to you, blah, blah, blah. I get an email come Wednesday. He that motherfucker stole my show. What? That motherfucker. So he went to Lyle and management and was like, wanted to put the show together. Who? Stole that shit from me. Keith. What's his name? I think that's your name, Keither. Keith. I'm hating. Keith. Hey, who is he? I've never even heard of who he this is. This Asian dude. 
I, I've never, I have no idea who that person is. It don't matter. He don't mean shit. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, if I don't know who he is, then he's not a real comedian. Even me, even me talking about this, I'm like, I'm getting mad. Absolutely, I can't believe. So he went to them behind your back, and he's now yeah, he has he's a show. Just, there. So he's like hosting, and like he emailed this up to me, like you know he's gonna be uh, finding comedians, blah blah blah. And I'm just like scratching my head, and I'm reading this after work. I'm like. Wait a minute, did this motherfucker just steal my show, the everything I put together, and he's taking that away from me, and I'm the one that put that motherfucker on? Yeah. Are you for, How do you know him? How did you know I him? I sent on, yeah, you're stupid. Uh, um, you know, I, on the comedy network right. on Facebook, so when I was looking for comic comedians to put together for the show what have you i went outside of mutiny theater as well um and so he was one of the people that responded and so yeah that's it and i and that's the thing i'm like the management doesn't know this person from adam it was my night right. i put it together i'm the one that put all these comedians i'm the yes me i did it see yeah. i know how you feel pim i, uh, <laughs> I know and it was a great show i don't even and that's the thing is i don't even know who that comedian is which means he's not even a comedian that's insane that he would go behind your back to steal your show and why would they let you do it they work that, 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 so then that. you quit at buzzwords so you said hey motherfuckers i quit yes you're like, I put that all together and then you chose this guy? Yeah, I'm not gonna sit there and, and, and let, I'm like, and at first when I got that email, I'm like, and I emailed back something like, no, maybe we can collaborate. And then something said, hell no, hell no. Don't, Don't you collaborate, that's your idea. And my therapist told me, come Friday, she's like, you know what you're gonna have to do, right? And I'm like, you're right, I'm gonna quit. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, so to hell with that place. So you quit. Yeah. So I, I get it. I get it. I, I get it. Yeah. I haven't had yeah. to go through this in a long time. So I guess I forgot where I came from for a minute. Mm. Mm. Has to go back mm. there. And oh. I understand the feeling. Pam. Mm. You want to so cut bad. a motherfucker sometimes. Mm. When they steal your run and your pride. Ow. <laughs> Hell no. That's what we say. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. You I'm the ready, y'all. Hell yeah. Quit that job. Yeah. Motherfuckers. Yeah. So that awesome. happened to me this week, and I'm so, so I have another ju- new job. But oh, I but am- did you know about? Well, you've got it. I've got to talk to you about that. Uh, ha- get you in contact with Zach because there's that that uh, Belgian beer bar. Uh, up in North Beach, and they're looking for oh, a person. Talk, that's right. They're looking I just for got another job. Oh, you did? Okay. Well, because you're you're great in the service industry, and that's oh. not going to be an issue. And you you could tell those fuckers at Buzzwork, fuck you guys. I can get a job in two seconds, dude. And I'm getting my beer from. I'm work at McKellar Bar now. Oh, that's great. So, um, yes, I will be donating beer tonight. Thank you. Well, I I actually went to Costco yesterday, and I bought a ton of beers. They're chilling. So what we've got thus far is we're selling PBRs and Takates for two dollar donations and IPA. Lagunitas for $4 donations. So I feel like even if people don't buy tickets, and even if like comedians can come for free if there's seats, which they're probably going to be seats, um, but they'll buy beer. So it'll be fine. So here's, here's the, let me tell you the tickets that have been sold. So there's two day passes for tonight, which means there's two people that have bought all five shows. So hopefully they'll come for a lot of them. There's two for East of the Rockies. Nice. Um, there's two for the All Dudes, but that's tomorrow. There's two for who'd you vote for. Three tickets for who'd you vote for tomorrow. There's 14 tickets sold for My Strange X. 
I don't know. Nice. The Net Mulaney, if she, she must be pushed. Whoever is on that show is doing a good job. Uh, and then the newbies. Uh, this is March 3rd, Friday, March 3rd. Three tickets sold for the newbies. For the underwear only on March 3rd, which is the late show, there's three tickets sold. There's two day four passes. No one's bought any tickets for Pamtastics or for the headliner, which I'm a little bummed about. I'm going to push the headliner stuff later today and be like, look, it's Tony Sparks. Come on, everybody. Come see Tony come, Sparks. Come see it. And Andy Picaro, who's amazing. He's from Pennsylvania. He's so funny. Um, three for underwear only. Two for the day four pass. Two for the hell hat. And two for last comic leaning, and that's it. So two, four, six, plus six is 12. 12 plus 14 is 26. We shall see. 26, 28, 30, 32. So 35 pre-sales is what we're looking at. So it's not that. It's not that dire. It's a little bit of a bummer because... Um, you no. know the other shows tonight yeah. they don't have it. they don't have it. There's no I don't have any friends out there I told you motherfuckers to buy some tickets either do I, I. that's the problem I don't have any friends either so like I, I really don't I, I went through yesterday and I texted everybody that's in my phone that's not a comedian and was like hey like people I nanny for I'm like it'd be really great if you could like come support me in like what I'm trying to do that when I'm not hanging out with your children but they I, people have I don't know I just don't have I don't have drive and trying to guilt people well, I mean, I'm constantly on the Facebook like people know that this is happening people if they don't come it's not because they don't know that it's happening I've let everybody <laughs> know what's yeah. going on here it's just a matter of them actually leaving the fucking bar and coming to a different place because exactly. I mean that's the thing is like I know a lot of people from bars because I hang out at one particular bar, Benders, and it's amazing, and I love it, and I love the people there, and it's great. But if none of them come to this festival, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna have a little bit of a tizzy fit on the, I'll be like, come on, Wakeman's, come on, I Zach, just, come on, Dee Dee, come on, Jake, come she's on, calling Shane. out names, man, she's yeah, calling out I'm names. I'm just saying names of people I know from the pay that are always friendly and always nice, and they always know. It's I just right there. It's right it's there. Right it's there. four blocks away. You, you guys in Radio Land can't see us pointing, but it's right it's, there. It's, it's, it's like I can throw a crack rock and someone will and smoke it. Someone will smoke it in front of them. <laughs> but, but that's the thing is like, I don't want to be that like, I mean, I don't want to be whiny be and stuff that. about You're it. You're not being but whiny. But I've been asking them. I've been sent giving them. They all have their flyers. Everyone has flyers. Everyone knows about it. There's no reason for them not to know. If they don't Support. come, it's because they don't like me enough. That's the only thing I can think about is like, well, they just I don't, don't I like don't, me. I don't even think it's that. Get on the microphone. Cobbs gives away free tickets and people don't go to that stuff. So you know, think of you know, you can right. think of it. Relative, Maybe it's you because know? SF is losing its culture. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, I just I don't. I mean, I don't think that. I mean, I don't have any tickets sold for Pamtastics or, or for the Headliner Show, and that's like every Friday, anyways. So I ostensibly I, there should be people here on a yeah. Friday that would just come, anyways. Yeah. I think that's gonna happen. But I don't know. But I have to push. I will, I will push these things. I will uh, tell those people who are their so-called friends of mine that who I work with. Um, you better show up. I will haunt your dreams. Well, I, your I show's gonna be really good tonight. Yeah. Actually, you've got maybe it's because it's like you know I say you know I'm I'm you know I don't know. 
You, I don't know. You have a great show tonight. You have you have Charles Alpha Kelly, who's we, hilarious. It's a colored show. You have Reed Clark, who's hilarious. Yeah. He's the it's, one who had that whole when we saw his tape, he had like one of the best standout tapes of everyone. Oh, he had the, the, right. the he was so funny and it was all racial stuff and um he was amazing. And it, it's gonna be a great show, it's James Barella. And it's gonna be a great I'm just show. hoping that people Because color people are funny. Well especially absolutely. right now. You have to laugh. Anybody see Get Out? Yeah, exactly. There, have what, you seen what it? What was uh, what's what's it's a good oh, movie? Oh, dude, I have to check this movie out. It's called Get Out. Um, it is a. I'll let you explain it, my dear. All right, I'll I'll try to I'll do it without spoilers. It's a horror movie. Oh. About basically all that shade that like white people throw at black people all day, like especially the liberal ones. Yeah. And how, and then they twist that pre- premise into a horror film. Just leave it at that. Yeah. Go check it out. It's, it's directed by, by Jordan uh, yeah, Peele. Jordan, yeah, Jordan Peele from oh, Peele. Peele. Wow. It's his directorial debut, and it's it's like it's one of those movies when I was younger, it was like this is the kind of movie I want to make, and this guy made the movie. The guy made the movie. So I'm really happy about that. Since I didn't go into that field, I'm glad someone who did. Okay, so since you're talking about that, and that was a good movie, and I'm so glad that it was made, and that makes me happy. Let me quickly tell you about a movie you never have to see because I watched it this weekend with Jonathan, <laughs> and we couldn't stop watching it because we kept thinking. It will get, it won't, will it get better? No. Can it get worse? Can it get more hack? Yeah, actually it can. But we watched it in entirety so that no one else has to. (laughs) The movie is called Sausage Party. And it is the worst movie in the history of movies. In fact, I'm offended that it exists because that means that someone spent 20 plus million dollars on that pile of shit. And someone else who's fucking talented, 20 talented young filmmakers could have made great films for the money for the money that they spent on that pile of dog shit which is actually piles of dog shit are actually nicer than this movie they actually are better they smell better they're better for the environment it is think of the most disgusting thing it's it's human shit covered in vomit and then there's mustard on it okay sausage that is what it is the worst movie there is nothing redeeming about it the what? voices are terrible. A, you've got Edward Norton being a Jew, being a stereotypical bagel. He's playing the part of a bagel, and he is doing a stupid Jew voice, and it is bad, and it is trite, and it is I'm trying to visualize him. Mean? And then he's like, uh, he was basically like doing a Woody Allen impression. Then, oh. I'm doing my Woody Allen impression, but I'm a bagel. And then there was like a, there was a pita bread, like oh, a falafel. Oh, he's an actual fucking bagel. He's an actual bagel. <laughs> and then there's like a pita bread thing who's dressed up like a Muslim. Muslim. And he's Palestinian and he has a totally stupid accent. He's like, they're like, and they both agree at one point that they both like hummus because hummus is in between them on the aisles or whatever. And then, and then, okay, so they, the whole time they're walking around, they're not getting food. It's a dumb, dumb movie and it's all just, it's just food in a grocery store. Seth Rogen got stoned at a fucking grocery store and was like, this is me and Yeah, but he is an untalented schmo if you put this together. The script (laughs) is a pile of dog shit. Anytime they don't know what to do, they just swear. They just say fuck. It's not even done with funny. It is all (laughs) hack. So you've got, so you've got the Palestinian thing and the Jew thing happening and the only reason they finally get together is because they both like hummus. But then, they negate the whole thing because they turn into fags and they start fucking each other so they Wait, so what? they change the whole thing so the whole time throughout the whole stupid movie fucking falafel and bagel or whatever the fuck they are can't get along and they're running around and they're like oh fuck you fuck you well fuck you and fuck your people and my people this and this and that you brought of the shelves is terrible and this is the blah, blah, blah. and it goes on and on and on then they finally have a common ground over hummus and then because they can't 
like have a real message or any any semblance of redemption for this fucking movie. And instead, they make them fags and they fuck each other. So all of the, what the fuck? all of the stuff that look we got together, but now we just then they negate, then they make fun of gay people. It's like. Yeah. It's saying like, well, it's not really real because now they're gay. It just negates any kind of anything that might have just happened. It's so bad because of the sexual tension. That's why they were fighting all the time. And now that they're gay for each other, everything's fine. That made me angry. So then there's a girl character who's plus by Kristen Wiig and she's like a bun and the whole thing is about getting a sausage in the bun. They want to get on the bun. There's a sex scene at the end, which is just so graphic and so bizarre and there's no point in it whatsoever. It's it's misogynistic, not in a good way though, with the buns and the thing and the girl yeah. things and the, the the sausage running around and his friend and his friend's stumpy and the other it's bad. It, it's, it's like hot dog the movie. Well it's the <laughs> hackiest any hack joke that you can think of exists in this movie. Okay. Every stereotype that exists exists and it doesn't forward anything. It, it's, it's all just, not just funny. it's just not only is it not funny. You know, the animation's not that great. The voices aren't that great. The script is a pile of dog shit. The, the, what they're saying behind it is stupid. The whole reason, like, let's swear and have an adult movie that's supposed to be... It is the lowest common denominator of anything. It is... Just don't. I mean, now it's almost like you want to go see it. Yeah, I know. No, no, because it reminded me. Intrigued me into like because I like shit. It sounds like the like a movie version of Red Eye, like Fox News's comedy show bullshit, where like conservatives are trying to be funny. It sounds like that, where it's like a fag and a hummus and shit and put the weed in the bun and the. It's like jack shit. It's not funny. It's just like I think it's funny. Wait, who directed this? Some shithead. It was written. By Seth Rogen. It was written by Seth Rogen. Uh, we can here. We'll look it up. You're, I've got a computer. Uh, wow, that sounds. Awful. It Awful. was so <laughs> bad. Um, let's see what Rotten Tomatoes gave it. They gave it 83%. Okay, they're they have no taste. Because they're frat asses. What? They gave it 83%, and they said 52% liked it. It was because it was so bad. Yeah. It, you can see the it, okay. So here's the the voices and all the stuff. Um, so directors were Greg Tiernan and Conrad Vernon. Don't know who that is. Writers Kyle Hunter. Screenplay worst thing ever. Ariel Ariel Shafir stars Seth Rogen. Chris. Oh, Jonah Hill was in it. Of course it was. And it was a Jew party. It was so. It was so dumb. Evan Goldberg and not hear that fucking the story. bagel voice and be like, Dude, "Can we not run this shit?" Like, yeah. if I was a black guy on the movie and the brother's talking like, "Hey, how's it going? What'd it be?" Yeah. Can we at least dial that back a little yeah, bit? Yeah, all it's, that jive it's way up there. Yeah, that jive shit from '75. Like that's a thing. jive from '75. So, so you, I knew <laughs> it was gonna be a bad movie because this it opens with this song. It's like da 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 da. Mm-hmm. But they okay, so they it starts out and they don't even rhyme in the second stanza, and I was like, oh no, they just replaced something with fuck. Like, we're so fucking glad the gods, like, it's about the gods, like, us people are gods, and then they figure out that we eat them, and it freaks them out, and they know the truth, but no one, you can't tell them the truth, because they just don't want to know about the truth, because it's too scary, and 
his first movie was that shit bag called Cool World by Ralph Bashke back in oh, oh in 91, 92? 92. And yeah, then he did that movie was the Conrad Vernon. He did Monsters vs. Aliens, yeah. Madagascar 3. Oh See, my god. Like that shit. But this is the thing. Shrek why? 4D. Why spend millions and millions of dollars making these pile of shit movies? Like Michael Bay. Why Bad. does Michael Bay get to keep on making he movies? Blows everything because up. Because Harbor sucks. You know this song? And Transformers. It's it's all bad. Three. The, I love that song by... Now, see money. now, the, the thing with Sausage Party is they were trying to think that they're as talented as Trey Parker and Matt Stone. No one is as talented as Trey Parker. Why are you trying, Judd Apatow, Michael Sarah? you assholes? Fuck you. <laughs> you know, you can't be... You can't be Team America World Police. And one of the best songs from that is the... And won an Oscar. And of yeah. course it did, because it was fucking awesome. The the song where... I love it. It's, um... I... Um, I need you like Ben Affleck needs acting school. school. Yeah. And that's an awful lot, girl. I need you like Cuba Gooding needed a bigger part. Yeah. He's way better in that something. He's way better than Ben Affleck and now. Well, you All know I can think about is Matt Damon. They have to put out a weekly television show. Like every day they're working in comedy, comedy, comedy. Just These guys work on comedy I when they really feel you. like it. You set the script down and then they step away from it. Those Trey Parker and Matt Stone, they're literally they're, every yeah. day. Like today, and they did I'm all the sure voices. They were great. Working on comedy. And oh, Salma Hayek plays a lesbian taco. I mean, it is so bad. <laughs> she's a taco who's in love with the bun and she has her. Oh, she's God. doing the very Mexican voice that she can do because she's Mexican so, or whatever so, and so, she's like a taco wait, wait, wait. she's like taco taco was, was there any brothers in the movie so I guess there weren't any hot links uh, <laughs> Nick Kroll was the douche uh, so uh, and he really was a douche that's there's, right Lavash no... Lavash was what the thing is with that Lavash and the bagel fire uh, I was gonna tell you the other part of the uh, the other director because it's a co-directing team right. the other director <clears throat> excuse me his name is uh, Greg Tier- Tiernan. He's born in Dublin, Ireland. Shatar. And uh, this is actually like his uh, his first full film because he uh, founded the studio Nitrogen Studios with his wife. But here's the funny part. Like right after the movie came out, <laughs> various anonymous people who worked like animators on the film said that his crew at Nitrogen forced him to work overtime for free and that some of the employees were threatened with termination. Wow. <laughs> My kind of guy, right? Oh, you know? Craig Robin. Craig Robinson was oh, grits. Oh, yeah. He was a black. He was a black guy. He played the the part of. Grits, he's always was, a black guy in the job. Epitile Seth Rogen. Right. He's always he's that the only guy. black guy they he know. Was a, he, yeah, was exactly. a, he was no, a dusty funny. old. He was a dusty old Hart, box of grits, Mr. Grits. Mr. Grits. <laughs> it was every stereotype that you could think of, and and it was the hackiest stereotype. They had they uh-huh. had a fire. They had Bill Hader was was the old Indian to uh, old Indian whiskey, and he was like, "Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you?" Oh, wow. And he did like a really bad like, "I'm I am Chief Wiggum Woe." He's doing he his did, best, Jay Silverhawk. He did, yeah. He did like he totally did that voice. Ow. And so you had so you had Craig Robinson being stereotypical black guy. You had Bill Hader being how stereotypical Native American guy. And then there was and then there was a little Twinkie cream puff who was like, oh, it was like Liberace. Yes, yeah, super gay. gay. And then it was just, it then was you just got the stupid. Chiquita, so you got Edward Norton as a bagel. Danny McBride was the honey mustard. You couldn't even hear him. Because oh, he had the southern accent. It was so 
bad. It just, I can't tell you how angry I am Did you, that movies like this. The brother could have been a biscuit. He could have been a biscuit. I know. The brother could have been a biscuit. Can a we cornbread. See, how much is it? That's it. That's cornbread. Do they yeah. tell us? Cornbread. Do they tell that us works. how how much they spent on it? How do we find out oh, how much they spent on it? Look up. Um, so they well, IMDb should, usually does the estimated budget, see. but I could probably just look it so up. So they need to come down to Mutiny Radio to get schooled. <laughs> well, just, you know what? It, it really well, it though. Takes this is a large. This is a large school, large, like issue for me. Is that somebody the paid the money for this? We can't even pay the rent at fucking Mutiny Radio. We people can't go to school. Artists, there are talented people all over the place that never get a break because they don't know the right people. You fucking Hollywood bitches. Because you fucking assholes. Let's just give parts to our friends, whether they're talented or not, because we're already part of it. What about the talented people? It's all who you know. It's, it's like all who you're club. fucking. How do you get to LA and fuck everybody so that you can actually be in some stupid fucking movie? Jesus Christ, this Someone makes me so angry. Me. Well, part of they got lucky with that Paul Feig Freaks and Geeks thing. It's that right place, right time stuff. Like, I could I say the show. same thing exactly about Chris Tucker, where he is the luckiest stand-up comedian maybe on the face of the earth. The guy had maybe a solid 15, put it on Def Jam. Right after that, he gets picked up by basically uh, uh, the Def Jam crew. Screw, Ice yeah. Cube sees him. Puts him in a movie. Puts him in Friday. Friday sure. blows up. They decided to basically remake a Beverly Hills Cop style movie with Jackie, Jackie Chan, Chan, the biggest Rush star in, in, in Asia. Asia. Right. And then black they know black people like Kung Fu movies. Yeah. So they put the hot at the time kind of one of the hotter niggas and chanks niggas and chanks yeah niggas and chanks they should have called it that that's what they should have called that's what they called Rush Hour 4 niggas and chanks fired up bang 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 we don't understand what these people are saying the underscore actually that's our new movie niggas and chanks well, you, could, you guys, we could write a movie right now during the AltaCast in the next two hours that would be better than Sausage Party. Yeah. We could right now. Sit By the way, we the could budget actually, was 19 million. Oh wow. oh, wow. So I was right. I said about 20 million. And it made 140.7. No. Check That's why they get to make another one. They're but making they're a second choose. sausage party? Whatever the fuck they you know want to make. Whatever they want to make next. They want to make another Pineapple Express. They want to make whatever the fuck that they want to make. That was funny, fucking, nah. uh, Was that, that the one with the... Uh, no, I like the one kind of the Tropic Thunder one was okay. That's not the same people. Yeah, it is. That's uh, Ben Stiller. Oh, that's Ben that, Stiller. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's the. We're thinking about the I other Jew. We're thinking about the other Jews. Well, uh, Seth Rogen and his. The well, there's. Oh, come on. There's like two it's, sets of comedy a lot of Jews. Jews in comedy Hollywood. Yeah. And the thing These is, are the like, movie making too. Yeah, exactly, because they got the money. Mm-hmm. And the fact, some of it, like I think Pineapple Express is funny, but then again, it's just like Hollywood does this thing with comedians where they push out the same shit. Mm-hmm. Constantly and till people just regurgitate, and it's like, okay, we get it. It's not funny anymore. Okay, price point. Jim Carrey in the nineties. Yeah. When oh, he yeah. first came, like he was in a Living Color, and, and Hollywood Ventura. saw, yeah, yeah, he blew up, and then the mask, and then every year was a Jim Carrey movie yeah. to the point where you're like, okay, please stop. Yeah. Right. Until he stop. did the, until he did the Truman Show, it was the worst because it was Dumb and Dumber and fucking any other kind of goof. Yeah, liar, liar, pants liar. on fire. He was super goofy and yeah, then there's been stuff. and the, there's the other one um who's the other jew uh <laughs> um we could do this all Billy day. Madison. Oh, I love Adam. Oh, Sandler. Adam Sandler. Sandler. Fuck that guy. I love. I 
love Billy Madison, but the same I love thing. Billy Madison, yeah. And then Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, yeah. then The Water Boy. Okay, all yeah, but the, yeah, they kept, they're all they the same movie. Going, yeah, Big Daddy, Little Nicky, Little Nicky, The oh, Wedding oh, Singer, Fifty First Dates. I actually like the. Wedding That's the only singer. one I'd fucking give a piece of to. Billy well, Madison. I like. I liked him on Remote Control. He was funny on Remote Control. Oh yeah, that was like. I've always, I've always liked Adam Sandler. I loved his first album. Well, that's a funny. They're all gonna laugh at you. But I mean, the same thing is, I'm not saying these people aren't funny. It's the fact that there's a machine that pushes the same like repetition. I stop at Big Daddy and Grandma's Boy. Oh, Big Daddy, remote, the remote one. What was the one where he clicked? See, I'm just like, see, see, no, you're right. He went too far. Like he became like a. Hat. Dad star. No, it came, it came a caricature of himself. It's oh, just like, right, 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 right. But then he didn't say the same thing about Robin Williams. Punch Drunk he Love. About any comedian. Punch yeah. Drunk Love was really yeah weird because he was that was cool. the first time you've seen him as a, as a dramatic character. That's right? like you uh, know. that's his and Truman Show. Like, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and that just that's like that's Jim Carrey's uh, uh, life li- or spotless mind. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. That's closer. So, but the point that I'm trying to make is like we have another genre of people pushing out the same horseshit. Yeah, yeah. It's the this Judd Apatow, era. Judd Apatow, and you know, and Ben Stiller's Paul Feig. Paul, Paul Feig needs to sit his ass down. I'm just saying, like, it's a, if you're looking at the trends of what that is, this is just the next. My, trend my point is that. Hacks. It makes me angry when shit-ass movies are being made and there are talented people out there that can't get any funding for their art and they might actually be talented and they'll never get the opportunity because shitty-ass bullshit like motherfucking sausage party. Well, and that's the point that kind of, you know... You know, kind of bringing the circle together. What I was describing is like, you know, anytime you're pushing out the same shit and the same actors, that gives less opportunity for other people to be noticed and recognized, and other writers and directors to come out because the, this Hollywood machine wants to push out the same shit. Because yes, it is all about profit. Yeah. Absolutely, it's a business. Absolutely, but there's also the part of profit where you can bring someone else new into the game. And still make money. It, it, it that's and maybe the wonderful part art. about Moonlight. And maybe make some art. Maybe yeah, that too. It, that's it the, happens. That's know. the good part about Moonlight winning the best Oscar over La La Land, in my movie. opinion. It's because it's actual art film yeah. with black people in like a in like with homosexual themes, which is not a thing you we ever see in the in black people. world, period. Well, I'm glad it and won. to have that to win the best Oscar, yeah. that is that is when they decided to expand the voting ranks in, from last year after that Oscars so white shit, right. they opened up the voting people to like try to to try to um, have more people of color, more women, blah, 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 all right. across the, sure. all across the grip. Sure. So the whole thing is that they decided this year to to we award to the best film of the year to like an open, different artsy film that's not a throwback. To um, what was La La Land? Musical. I don't even know what it was about. It was a musical. It's a modern day it's musical with white people dancing and being in La La Land, and he, this white dude plays jazz, right? It's a huh. Ryan Gosling. By the way, Ryan Gosling's still hot. Um, but you know, he's trying to make it in Hollywood, and they dance their way and sing, and you know, he's a jazz musician. Okay, now that's La La Land, Moonlight very fucking serious topic and the shit's very real real about a young boy it it goes in three chapters of you know this young boy growing up uh, being gay and 
trying to hide his sexual identity um, in his community and what have you and this takes place in Florida and you know he this man kind of like you know takes him in and is kind of like his family and what have you like a father figure father figure then he fucks him this is not sausage party. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. There are no bagels in this one. They do not <laughs> fall in love over hummus. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but the way that it was shot and, you know, the way how realistic it is, it's oh, just beautiful. like, and that's why I think, like, this is like one of the Oscars. This is like for the his like, in history of, like, what happened. Like, of course, you've heard about what happened on Sunday. And oh, Oscars. yeah, there yeah. was they, the wrong people got brought up. And then uh, Bonnie and Clyde themselves <laughs> yeah. read the uh, Bonnie and Clyde, who are uh, Warren, Warren Beatty and uh, Faye Dunaway. Um, they had the wrong envelope. And uh, it looked like Warren Beatty's face. He had taken a shit on himself when he was trying to look. Um, but yeah, so they end up reading La La Land and La La Land gives up. All and of them. And they're doing their acceptance speech, and then someone tells them, "Wait, you guys didn't win." <laughs> it was actually Moonlight, and so this guy is mid-speech thanking his wife and everyone, and the other producers like, "No, no, stop, Moonlight, you won." <laughs> wow, we're not kidding. That's we're, we're not. So this is funny. not a joke. The funny, we lost. the funny part is, while that guy was before that guy gave his speech, he knew that shit that they didn't win and he's like I'm going in I'm thanking everybody and like he went in on it it was really funny that way <laughs> how he decided he to go in on, in on it, it. <laughs> and then in the middle of it shit, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> like sorry well and there's sorry, there's Charlie. something I've I've noticed about at least movies from the late 90s and because Jonathan and I watched a rash of movies from the late 90s like Jingle All the Way terrible thing oh my god I've seen but that. every single one of those movies in the late 90s no Our matter garbage. what has weird homophobia in it oh, yeah. for no reason there's no gay people in it there's nothing happening but just out of nowhere they do gay jokes yeah. and that's just the 90s and I just I never realized how pervasive it was in our culture and especially in our media culture how pervasive it was about this anti-gay thing Not that and all of a sudden ago. I start seeing it and I'm like Jesus so it's really nice that um, a movie one that was showing a different. It wasn't like let's make fun of gay people. Yeah. Oh, let's no, just use yeah. the butt and of a joke. It's not about acceptance, <laughs> really. Even it's no. just about an issue, which is pretty amazing. Just that idea, just the statement, is pretty neat. You know what's funny is you were. I've been watching like some like comedies from the '90s because I hadn't seen them in a long time. <laughs> and you're absolutely right. Like I, ju- I was watching me myself and Irene, uh-huh. and I was like, damn. <coughs> That was some brutal gay shit right there. All, it was just, it all was the way like, through the okay. brothers, the the younger, the fat black yes, brothers or whatever. Yeah. They're constantly doing that. That they're the using, fat, yeah. yeah. Which I, I I like the word fat, yeah. and I'll say it because I'm not a PC person. But it was just like I like the. It was funny, like you didn't, you don't put two and two together how much we've evolved. Oh, I do. And well, some people it, don't. when you the thing is that we were part of it. Okay, especially me in the late '90s. Like I was an, I was a real adult. I mean, I was I left we're college. I left college in 96 so I mean the 90s were like sort of my adult 20s formative years kind of things and it didn't it never dawned on me I mean I've always had a lot of gay friends and all that kind of stuff but until now I can look at it and be like yeah wow it was everywhere it was in all the TV shows it was the butt of every it's like now if you watch Disney the Disney channel there's at least like 12 poop jokes in a show like they just always go to poop that's because that's the safest place to go for kids in comedy is you go farting you go pooping funny women like 
farting poop jokes I've noticed well it's weird if you watch if you watch anything that's like PG it's all poop and fart jokes I think that's funny. but uh, it's woman like but in <laughs> PG-13 movies in the 90s they were all gay, gay jokes. jokes yeah yeah, and it's just like that's what? why that's what why you don't mind on? using fag all the time because you heard it a million zillion fucking times. Right, oh, that's yeah. so gay. Whole it's so life. gay. Well, it's so gay. I used to say you so gay all the time. Well, I made my kids stop. Don't ever go back and watch fucking any Eddie Murphy stand up. Oh, don't, don't watch. Don't well, yeah. Don't watch Delirious. Or raw. Oh, dude. dude. Uh, if you if you're sensitive about the gay issue, raw might not be the one. I think Delirious is a lot worse. I well, think Delirious because he's yeah shit. he's talking about sodomy and all that shit. And, yeah. You know the honeymooners. You know. He does a Ralph and, and, and right, yeah. right, right. star fucking. But, uh, fucking. That's really funny. The, <laughs> I uh, you're absolutely right. I used to teach high school and uh, junior high in the late uh, basically from '97 to 2001. And I watched, I had to change the whole context of my classroom because kids were just out of nowhere. Just, oh my God, you're so gay. You are so gay. And I was like, we're not, we're not doing that anymore. I was like, there's certain language that we're just, we're not going to, we're not going to use it like that. Yeah. And they, yeah. once you set it down, it's the same word, really, like, you can't use the N word, well, you know, come on guys. You can say whatever you want. Well, no, I but in, in the classroom though. Oh, fuck no. So if. I would like if you're on the playground or you're outside and you want to use the M word all day long, do your thing. But in my classroom, same yeah. thing with whatever you're saying in your group of guys. You're, you're, my rules. Right, my you're house. like you're 15 yeah. year old boys. I know you're gonna call each other fag. I know that's gonna happen. Yeah, but but, but in my classroom, we don't my we don't house, say bitch. Rules. We don't say faggot. Don't say we don't nigger. say gay. We don't say that. See, I can't even say it uh-huh. with a soft A. That's I why I said it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, George. Uh, so here Picking we are the on the AltaCast talking about, I'm glad we ended up getting into movies because of the Oscars. That was good to um, recap. This is some really shitty news from um, our good friend Melissa Moore uh, at the Drug Policy God. Alliance. Jeff she Sessions. actually got um, her article last week was published in, Huffington Post. in the Huffington Post, which is great. Yeah. Um, but this is some shitty Dark news. Clouds, you guys. Jeff Sessions. This is some shitty news. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. US, Jeff Sessions in the house. U.S. House approves measure aimed at expanding drug testing of people who file for unemployment insurance what? assistance. U.S. House approves measure aimed at expanding drug testing of people who file for unemployment assistance. So if you want to apply for unemployment, Oh shit! Now they're gonna drug test you for marijuana because they're gonna say, "Well, you're a lazy person, and they fired you because of." Isn't that insane? Okay. Yeah. Well, look, we're. All, I think maybe all three of us in this room are basically old enough to remember before there was fucking drug testing on a regular job. You could actually go get a job, right. like in the '90s and shit, and not have to worry about having to go even take a fucking drug test. Well, see, you just the, get a job. The reason that drug testing in um, it became it, it exists for for jobs and stuff is that if. It's specifically it's a liability insurance. It's for, it's, yeah, it's for insurance because, especially for me, I used to work at Ethan Allen, and um, I I got hurt moving a sleeper sofa, but I smoked so much pot that I didn't go through, I didn't go through disability because I knew they'd drug test me, yeah. and they'd be like, "Oh, you smoke pot? Well, were you high at work?" And be like, "No," but they could still deny me my claim, and then they could fire me. Yeah. So I just was like, "I'm not taking disability it's their policy." But it's just, but that's how they. 
if you get hurt at work, that's how they get around it. Is yeah. they drug test you. That's kind of where say, it started, I think, was that like the like if well, especially with truckers and stuff, of course, because that's a public safety issue, right? right? Still right. smoke meth, but yeah, but please, like they're not doing speed all fucking night, driving all night. But anyway, to. well, but, it speeds in and out of your system in forty eight hours, so too. you can so do you that. Can do, yeah. But what I'm saying is the same type of thing, where it's like it started kind of as a kind of a public safety issue, and then it became a liability issue, and then they just walked it right into well, as soon as you come in the door, you know, now it's like, oh, fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not even going to bring you in. And so now it's extended to, now that you're not even working, you fuck, you well, won't even get, you can't even is, get non-work shit because you're so lazy. But the thing is that they don't drug tester have a problem with Prozac or well no. There are so many other pharmacological opioids. There's the all they kinds do it, uh, of things. In, in Silly Valley all the time. The the fake speed. Ritalin. Adderall. Adderall, Adderall. Ritalin. Oh, yeah. If you're telling me that's not fucked up? Right. So that's somehow <laughs> legal but then weed isn't. So here we go. Uh, so this is very, very sad for everyone. The U.S. House approves measure aimed at expanding drug testing of people who file for unemployment assistance. Nearly 50 civil rights faith and criminal justice organizations send a letter to Congress opposing legislation. Cool. The U.S. House approved a measure today. This is actually last um, February 15th. H.J. Resolution 42 that would repeal a recently finalized Department of Labor rule that interpreted a 2012 federal law that permits states to drug test people who file for unemployment insurance Mm -hmm. in certain, certain circumstances. Today's vote is the latest in a string of efforts by Republican leadership to use congressional authority granted under a federal law known as the Congressional Review Act Mm -hmm. to repeal recently finalized federal regulations. Before the Department of Labor's rule can be replaced, repealed, however, the Senate must vote to do the same. The White House has stated in a statement of administration policy that it supports H.J. Resolution 42. Advocates see the repeal of the Department of Labor rule as a first step by some Republicans in Congress at undoing federal restrictions on states, conditioning receipt of unemployment and other forms of public assistance on a drug test. Mm-hmm. It's disappointing that Republican leadership in Congress is choosing to focus on drug testing people who have lost their jobs rather than helping them, mm-hmm. says Grant Smith, Deputy Director of National Affairs with the Drug Policy Alliance. Yep. It's shameful that Congress would demonize people who use drugs, especially when there's been so much recent rhetoric about helping people who struggle with opioid and other forms of addiction. The reality is that people who receive public assistance are no more likely to use illicit drugs than the general population. And these kinds of drug testing programs are a big waste of tax dollars for states to run and defend in court, says Smith. On Tuesday, nearly 50 concerned civil rights, faith, and criminal justice organizations sent a letter to Congress opposing this drug testing legislation. In 2012, Congress passed a law allowing states to require drug testing as a condition of receiving unemployment insurance in cases where a person was let go from their last job because of unlawful drug use or cases when the person applying for unemployment insurance who is only available for suitable work in an occupation that regularly conducts drug testing. Which okay. is every fucking job nowadays. Right, yeah, which right. is every fucking job. And by the way, uh, even, even if you're getting your master's, they drug test. What? 
Yeah. Fuck off. My uh, my friend's going for his master's, and he has they to never drug tested me at San Francisco State. That's University. not a thing. You're not to, what? That's not a thing. You're or, a no, student. No, excuse me. Grad school. Grad. No, grad school. I got. Yeah, I got. Grad school. That's excuse still me. weird. Grad, yeah. But I never. I was never grad drug. School. School. At least I was never drug tested in my graduate school because program. Because it's crazy. I. Yeah. But, you're a fucking student. It's not even a job. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. not. You're paying for it. Isn't that insane? You're yeah. paying to get you're drug paying tested. You're paying to get. Go yeah. fuck yourself. In the 2012. Why don't you take that out my my fuck. In salary, what the fuck I'm paying? <laughs> they probably do. The 2012 federal law also instructed the Department of Labor, Dang. DOL, to define through regulation who's, what those occupations that regularly drug testing are. Last year, DOL published a final rule limiting those occupations primarily to those with public safety concern. Aviation, railroad workers, jobs that require carrying a firearm, etc. This 2012 law was the result of a bipartisan compromise reached between Republicans managing the underlying legislation who wanted to completely lift this prohibition and Democrats who wanted to maintain the prohibition. Prior to 2012, federal law had been interpreted to prohibit states from imposing drug testing requirements on unemployment insurance applicants. Oh, man, I want to see what the letter was that they sent. So here's the letter that the people said. Uh, coalition letter to Congress. Oh, see, even the everybody's bummed about it. There's danger in the streets. Uh, <laughs> danger, danger. Members of Congress. <laughs> The undersigned organizations urge you to actively oppose H.J. Resolution 42 when it comes to the floor. This measure would repeal a Department of Labor rule intended to implement a bipartisan agreement on implementing a provision in the Middle Class Tax Relief and Job Creation Act of 2012 that allows states to drug test unemployment insurance uh, applicants in certain circumstances. Uh, states already have the ability to administer drug testing and this change would needlessly shift employer costs to the states that's smart and suspicionless drug testing of government benefit recipients likely violates the fourth amendment Uh oh. state administered drug testing is a poor investment of public funds and working people paid for this insurance policy. Ah, good point. And jobless workers earn the right to access of unemployment insurance through their service of their employer. Proposals to drug test UI beneficiaries needlessly stigmatize and punish jobless workers and their families who are trying to get back on their feet. If legislators have genuine concerns about drug use, there are far better ways to respond than targeting and stigmatizing the unemployed. Uh, it's a really long letter. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but those were like the the key points of something like this. Couldn't there's no way that this could pass. I mean, just because the the money spent on that on on piss on piss literally, you're pissing the money away. <laughs> it's it's really it's just it's really bad because and I, it, for for mm. for pot. We've legalized it here. Hey, fuck balls in Washington D.C. Yeah. There are five states, right. states that states have legalized right. it. This is when the- it has changed Colorado. It has changed the economies in Colorado, yeah. in Alaska, in Washington, Washington in in even. Well, that's just that's the, the medicinal, but we're talking about recreational, like what's what we voted on in California. I got you. And when it's everywhere, like in Oregon, it has changed everything. You can't drug test. We, I mean, I guess you could out. It's different because it stays in your system. Like, I would understand giving someone an alcohol test. If I fell off a ladder at work and you didn't want to give me my disability or if you found out, like, I I was drunk at the moment, give me a piss test. Yeah, I shouldn't be drunk at work when I'm on a ladder. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Like pilots are. Right, like pilots, things like that. I'm fine with that. 
But weed? Weed? Like, Look. what about speed? You're speed. Talk- you're yeah. talking, yeah. you're talking about, but you're talking to people who view life such as a fundamentally different way. Right, That right. it's like, you know what I mean? You're trying to talk to Jeff Sessions. You know, if you're trying to talk to somebody, you don't need to talk to the people who are already Can mad I, about it. You, know, you need to try to figure out how to talk yeah, to that yeah. fucking guy. Yeah. I think this um, is aimed toward people of color. Absolutely. And the reason why I say that, because uh, a lot of people in government and um, the Republican Party feel as if it's mostly um, people of color who mm-hmm. are unemployment and who are so the one wow. taking a lot of so government uh, subsidies and what have you. So when wrong. the truth is, if we know our numbers, it is the majority of whites yeah. Yeah. that well, are using government um, and societies. And, like, and, and black people so are like 4% of our population. Exactly. So and that's, so that's, and that's what I'm saying. There's this theory of darkness uh, of you know with this with this uh you know the fact that well you know the stigma of that you know black people love weed i'm sorry we yeah. do um but Everybody the fact does. of the matter is that's just another scarlet letter so mm-hmm. if i can't get unemployment i'm gonna have to rob somebody because i'm gonna have to pay my bills yeah. somehow some way okay, so and I, was, I rob somebody i go to jail i was i was so, wrong i said four percent uh, it's 12.3 percent yeah I know. It's still, so it's, i'm sorry you. i'm sorry <laughs> no. i know any it's like so, the Indian damn, population or some shit. Non, non-Hispanic, non-Hispanic whites, non-Hispanic whites make up 63% of the United States. Hispanics yeah. are 17%, blacks are 12.3%, Asians 5%, and multiracial, Five, multiracial Americans 2.4%. What about indigenous? Which is bullshit, because that's actually the majority of Americans say, are multiracial. Oh, it just doesn't get a percentage? God damn. No, no it doesn't exist. Saying, but if that's a bullshit stat, because the last stat is actually the majority stat, because most Americans are multiracial. I well, would that's say, but, but, but multiracial, but not Irish white. and German. Yeah, but that's that's non-Hispanic white. We just the oh, oh non-Hispanic white. That's the sixty-three percent. But I thought, but they, they, but what makes me so sad is how they used to at least define. They used the Irish used to hate the fucking the the. Uh, the, the Catholics the, and the goddamn uh, Boston hate the fucking Irish know, the were the Catholics. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, <laughs> so, but here's the thing 12, 12.3%. 12.3% is not that much. It's, it's yeah. not that many. And then if you look at the incarceration rate that and it being so, it's like 80%. Right. Like we right. can look up, that's the other thing is the incarceration and so if, rate. If there's a way to parallel this. Again, it's a stereotype that a lot of people are, you know, feel as, you know, you know, people of color are lower income. They feel like, you know, well, just let's find a way to uh, make their lives even so, more complicated well, yeah, and b- possibly turn toward crime and then turn toward crime. We got new plantations. So they're there. I mean, it just seems well, like the worst part of 35 percent of the Pop jail population is African American, just like thirty five percent of the jail population is Hispanic. So you've so got you and you've, you've got seventeen percent and twelve to thirteen percent. That's what you think. But then if you look at the, yeah, it's, it's opposite. Reverse. Yeah. It's reverse. It's so it's reversed. like sixty three percent is not is. But in jail, it's like twelve percent is white. Right. Yeah, exactly. And like thirty so percent is black. Thirty five percent is black on that. In they're, the inside. They're exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. opposite. So yeah. that that's just so crazy to me that it'll be fun. <laughs> to stage a jail like outside population and see how shit runs. 
You know what I mean? mean? Actually just have it like, all right, well, you only get like, what, what's it? 12% blacks in this prison. You, the rest of them got to be white. Oh, you mean like <laughs> affirmative action for prisons? Oh yeah. my God, that's such a good idea. <laughs> affirmative action Holy for prisons. And then you can't put people in until you make up space for all the whites and the if blacks. Wow. Got to stay free. That is so, that is such a good idea that it should be, that, but that you can only have that percentage of the, the same, pop, as, your same as your normal population. In prison. In prison. That's and until really, then you can't, it just backs up. Right. Well, because you've got so then you, you can't just make money off a motherfucker. Right. So out of every under every hundred people in jail, yeah. you have to have sixty three white people. You have to have, people. See a lot more white people to have seventeen <laughs> Hispanic people. You exactly. have to have twelve to thirteen black people. You, see a lot of you more have to have people two multiracial right. people. No, but so for every hundred, if you looked at it that way, half of the South will be gone. Yeah. <laughs> well, but that's the thing is, why aren't we jailing? Why do we like those you, poor people? And you know, we might as we might as well we might put some white nationalists in prison. Yeah. You know why. They have the <laughs> complexion for protection. They tipping so, over Jewish gravestones and yeah. fucking issues so, I mean, firebomb threats. I'm not, I'm not saying what I just said was true. I just see the correlation of how yeah. this is how I, I figured out the trickery that the government has done toward people of color for a very long time and yeah. the language I find I'm like it's just like you know well, you know you finally realize the fact of after Jim Crow you know they're going to take money out of these or out of inner cities or what have you so so we can break the family up and people can struggle and you know th- you've learned the language and even just how you know the voting rights and voter id right, laws right 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 you know you know we're trying to make sure people don't vote twice no we know exactly why you want those voter yeah. id laws cuz they they figured out that a lot of people of color do not have identification and mm-hmm. even elderly people too mm-hmm. so or they'll just, switch they switch the polling places they do it to be and sneaky exactly. and they're too far away and if you've right. taken two buses to get to wherever you're supposed to be and then now it's somewhere else and you're like and this, what and, and then this, it's time and the closing and you left work early oh we all changed it and then there's also the gerrymandering so it's like also right, you right. know all these little things these little like you know and they're clever they, they're, they they're, they're very clever they're but not now, clever they're clever if you ain't looking I, for it I'm, that's what i'm saying no <laughs> yeah, i mean yeah. they're clever to any average person that doesn't yeah. that is not woke yeah. right basically right, right, that's right, what right, i'm right. trying to say and the trickery is that's what this well, that's this what whole they're... unemployment you know drug testing thing mm-hmm. is kind of about yeah it's another here, here, this is this is another. This you know what's really funny about it. Before you get into that next article, yeah, I absolutely. just want to mention about language. That the speech that fucking guy gave the other day, right? Oh, two he had this fucking line in there was like, "We can't wait to get people off of welfare and into work," which just means they're gonna bring the hammer down on that shit, man. That's what that is. What, said, what's a piss test on unemployment? That's getting you off yeah. of welfare into work because we want you fuckers working. We don't give a doing when they're not at quote unquote their slave job working right. with and their, that is for their everybody but yes there that's are, classism that's classism that's where, that's where classism comes yeah, in absolutely. we're not we're not respecting not, like more than race yeah. if yeah. you're if they say oh welfare moms blah, blah blah if you're a mom and you're raising your children then you're doing a job, job. you're doing a motherfucking job and, and i know that working. you don't get social security when you're a mom you don't get social security you don't get any help you don't get any yeah. And people, it's a real job. It's real labor. Cooking for yes. your family, making sure they stay alive, that's labor. And not being recognized as that is like one of the basis of feminism. That's, Why is our work not valued? That's one of the most insidious parts of that fucking 70s thing. That's, this is the one part I can't agree on with some people, right? The idea that 
when this is like one of the most like cynical things I've ever. This is cynical on the level of like uh, Christians wanting Jerusalem back for the Jews. This is like <laughs> really shitty, like that. Okay, it goes like it goes a little something like this. <laughs> um, when they decided, because remember, women couldn't even really have, I think, a credit card in their name until nineteen seventy-three. Yeah, that's true. okay. Yeah. In Yale, they couldn't get into Yale till when? About the same year, okay? Oh so no, like, women are in Yale then. About like maybe seventy. <laughs> oh, fact check. But yeah, please do, because like. What's that? <laughs> when that was all coming up, like the idea of this myth came into the world, like yeah, like yes. Instead of going yes, women should be able to work next to men and get paid the same. That's fair. But this idea that they, like, at the same time, they undercut the value of, like, housework. They basically said, well, that ain't shit. Anybody can do it. You know, oh, she, just figure she it to out. She stay at home like, all day. Yeah, yeah. And she, watch her soaps. And, That's yeah, not watch true. her stories and shit. Right? And, you know, and the thing is, it's just, it's not even the fact and that. And to never pick that, up, that side up. Well, drop a motherfucker on one side and, and then start raising rents and shit and like you need two people to but, work but here's also the other fun fact about 1969 whoa I thought it was really? 70 I was Nine, close Yale uh, will admit women in 1969 thank you may have Damn. co-educational housing no Check out the credit writer card. attributed no writer attributed November 1969. Yeah. Oh, wow. that's pretty close to 70, dog. Give me three months. Yeah. No, that was fine. Wow. wow. I know. We pretend that. And I have a. The first pregnant woman on TV doing comedy was Joan Rivers. And they couldn't. Women couldn't talk about anything. anything. You, yeah. were, you couldn't even. I mean, that was at the time when the Brady Bunch, they were in one bed and they were like, whoa. There was this. And they're divorced. Yeah. Who's divorced? Divor- oh yes. Oh, no, no, no. Their 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 things died. Oh yeah. The yeah, Brady right. bunch. Brady bunch was like oh, yeah, their mom right. died and Who their died dad the died. No, <laughs> no, like that's how they that's got the together. Story. I mean the backstory. That's story. the story. But of sorry, a lady. what were you saying, Pam? <laughs> Uh, I'm looking at backstory on Brady Bunch. Uh, see what they say. But I mean, yes, the value of housework definitely is underestimated. But there's oh, also there's yeah. also the fact of uh, single mothers, single parents. Um, who do have children um, are still on welfare even, and they're working two jobs. Right, right. And, and by the way, a lot of these jobs, <clears throat> Walmart, we, those people with those low wages, how are they supposed to survive? A lot of them do get government subsidies yeah. because of the fact they work at fucking Walmart because Walmart doesn't know how to take care of their right. employees. Yeah. And they don't give you That's actually, care. that's like a city team job. You could damn near work that and still get fucking G. Yeah, and so, and, and, and that's... <laughs> they ain't paying you enough. So, you know, that whole, you know, it, these... And you never see I've it. It's, it's the devaluation of labor. Of it's, saying that, yeah. it's saying of that labor. some people, their work is worth... Four hundred dollars an hour, and some people's work is worth twelve seventy five. This is why I wish I should have been a stripper. Whatever the yeah right. Yeah, I really wish I I mean could have the balls to take my clothes off in front of everybody. I wish I could too. I'm too old now, but uh, oh no, I think you still make some money. I I, it's I I look for the for the I want to see the backstory if they say that I think they're both widowers. 
um, the American sitcom. Is that Brady? 69 yeah. to 74. Are they, both are they both widowed? I think they're both. Well, I guess they'd have to both be widowed. We're looking it up right now. Dominant, yeah, right? I'm because trying to develop Gilligan's Island. She's a blah, 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 blah. Premise. He's Mike a Brady, a yeah. widowed architect with three sons, Greg, Peter, and Bobby, marries Carol, Carol Martin, Carol, who herself has three daughters. They don't say whether she's a widow or not. Martin? Yeah, they said Carol Martin. That was, so that's a really good trivia question. What was Carol Brady's maiden name? Carol, Carol Martin. Carol Martin. Martin. Who herself has three daughters, Marsha, Jan, and Cindy. The wife and daughters take the Brady surname, including the blended family, are Mike's living oh, housekeeper, Alice. Oh, so she was Alice, a single mom? Single mom then? And boy's dog, Tiger. Yeah, I kind of knew So that. yeah, she I was... Mean, that's I the guess, story of the lovely yeah, lady. Yeah, she it's was... The they, so they got married, but they, they don't say that she was a widower. She, didn't um, have, she had three baby I daddies. <laughs> well, I think that they all look the same. <laughs> Carol Martin. In the first season, awkward adjustments, accommodation, general rivalries, and resentments inherent in the blending of families dominate the stories. In an early episode, Carol tells that tells Bobby that the only steps in their household lead to the second floor. That's a nice line. In other words, that the family contains no stepchildren, only children. And thereafter, episodes focus on typical preteen and teenage adjustments, such as sibling rivalry, puppy love, self-image, character building, responsibility. But was she widowed? She'd have to be. They wouldn't have let the story be that she's not widowed. She wouldn't she be divorced. divorced. They didn't. Divorced. They wouldn't be divorced back I don't think then, it though. Would be in 68 I don't think so either. The, yeah. she, they'd have to. Both of them have to be dead. Somebody had to die. Yeah, they all had to die. Maybe he'd probably drowned at sea or as a fucking. I like the fact that the weird. the Brady Bunch story in real life is very dark. Yeah. yeah, it's a very dark, fucked up. Like the dad actually was gay and died of AIDS. Oh, the real yeah. story. For oh, sure. the real yeah. story, the story too. Um, and then Carol and the older son were actually they, fucking. Yeah, isn't that great? Yeah. Lawrence Henderson yeah. and and Will, what was something Williams? Barry Williams. Barry Williams. Yeah. Oh, um, get the that. Lawrence. Some of them had some drug problems, and then just recently, Cindy Brady. She's looking good. Too. Um, she. Hey, girl was caught she's a trump supporter oh he no oh god um, oh how do we get to these she has a podcast um oh, in no. southern california and uh she was saying some homophobic stuff i believe that's jam brady but they all fucked up in reality how about marcia 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 uh, Marie McCormick is Trump loving former Brady Bunch star fired from radio job <laughs> for calling we got it first first on there baby um, for calling listener a pathetic little cunt we call oh! people pathetic little cunts all the time yeah. we call 45 a pathetic no, little cunt yeah she told oh Cindy that's Brady so bringing funny the fucking thunder like that but you know you pathetic cunt yeah I'm the mic oh, I'm done oh, oh, but, and then she got but, you, you fired <laughs> Uh, There's so a it. former child star who appeared on the late 60s Brady Bunch television show has been fired from her Los Angeles radio gig after hopping on Facebook to write several vicious homophobic attacks on a listener who complained about her support for President-elect Donald Trump. According to Towler Tow- 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 Road, producer-writer Leon Accord-Whiting complained about two chicks talking politics host Susan Olsen who once portrayed Cindy Brady on the popular sitcom. On LA's Talk Radio's Facebook page, Accord Writing wrote, it's wildly irresponsible for LA Talk Radio to allow a Trump fanatic to co-host one of their programs where she can spew her idiotic lies unchecked. That's kind of bullshit. 
Well, she's getting paid. The thing is this. It's I don't know if it's a podcast or if she's getting paid because like this we is a don't, radio show. But we, yeah. we we have a radio show too. We spew all kinds yeah. of nonsense. Yeah, we don't have any advertisements. We call people oh because we have no advertisements. There you go. We don't have any advertisements. But so I don't, we don't have make any money. That's yeah. what the advertiser going after. Some fucking listener. That's but, bullshit. But, but, no, that's but, First Amendment shit. I, I'm going to start calling everyone a pathetic little cunt. Fuck uh, you. Cor- Eckerd Whiting <laughs> added, I think LA Talk Radio needs to give Cindy Brady her walking papers. I will not listen to or appear on any shows there from this point forward until she's gone. Okay. This isn't just disagreeing on, say, tax plans or foreign policy. Susan Olson spreads outrageous misinformation, like and it is dangerous and unprofessional. Proving his point about being unprofessional, Olsen returned fire by first calling the producer a little piece of human waste before encouraging her followers to track him down. Then she private messaged a cord whiting with a homophobic screed, which he in turn provided to her bosses. This is the quote. Here's the quote. Hey there, little pussy. Let me get my big boy pants on and really take you on. What a snake in the grass you are, you lying piece of shit too cowardly to confront me in real life so you do it on Facebook she wrote you are the biggest faggot ass in the Whoa. world the biggest pussy my dick is bigger than yours which ain't saying much what a true piece of shit you are lying faggot I hope you meet your karma slowly and painfully wow I cannot not like her that's though Cindy. Wow. <laughs> that's wow. Cindy that's Cindy Brady right wow. there that's a little aggressive for Cindy Brady this is, this is how I swear at people when I'm really, really angry. Like, you hear me when I'm on the show and I go crazy, but I don't think I would write it down. So she wrote it down and thought about she that wrote shit. It down. I wouldn't text. I mean, maybe. This is, I, I just want to I wanna, I, I wanna send this text out to everybody. I'm just going to read it one more just, time. Yeah, just so fucking paste and, paste and copy that it's motherfucker. So, it's just paste and copy. Hey there, little pussy. Let me get my big boy pants on and really take you on. What a snake in the grass. Yes, you are, are, you lying piece of shit. Too cowardly to confront me in real life. So you do it on Facebook. You are the biggest <laughs> faggot ass in the world. The biggest pussy. My dick is bigger than yours. Which I ain't saying much. What a true piece of shit yes. you are. Lying faggot. I hope you meet your karma slowly and painfully. So good. That's the business. Son. So good. I, I I'm sorry, but the, the only problem is if it she had if she had done that at work maybe, but she took that shit to the house. Like he got followed and shit. That's no, what really the, did her in. Because that's a solid now, message. Okay, here's the thing. There's because uh, I, I think it's kind of funny. It's super. But funny. I also, I uh, part of me feels like you know she. I know that. What? Well, that was a threat. At the end of that, the, she kind of got threatening. Uh, will you switch three and four for me because yes, I'm gonna do something funny here. Okay. Yeah, I mean. Thank you. But Trump support. I I think Trump supporters are funny to me. Really. I don't think we should take them off the air all the time. Okay. Hold on. I'm gonna. This is a. This is a. Rap. Rap background. We're gonna rap to it. <laughs> we'll get a little beat. Beat. Hey there, little pussy. Let me get my big boy pants on and really take you on. What a snake in the grass. You are, you lying piece of shit. Too cowardly to confront me in real life. You do it on Facebook. You're the biggest faggot ass in the world. Biggest Uh, pussy, uh, pussy, pussy. My dick is bigger than yours, which, which ain't saying much. What a true piece of shit you are, lying faggot. 
I hope you'll meet your karma slowly and painfully. Say uh, slowly and painfully. I'm Susan Olsen. Oh, uh, slowly. I said Susan Olsen. And painfully. They call me Cindy and Brady. My name is Susan Olsen, and I love Trump today. Uh, 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 Olsen. Uh, uh, Brady, get it. Brady. I hope. Uh, I I sincerely hope you reap all this that you deserve Karma wise, you pathetic little cunt You are Nerd. Hell is waiting for you Enjoy uh, Hell is waiting for you Enjoy What? Hell is waiting for you Enjoy Slowly What? Slowly, slowly And painfully My name is Susan Olsen Susan Olsen Susan Olsen Susan Olsen They call me Cindy Susan Olsen Susan Olsen Susan Olsen, they call me Cindy Brady. I make America great again. Making America great. What a pathetic little cunt you are. Hell is waiting for you. Enjoy. 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 Susan Olsen, the biggest cunt, drops a pot of fork. Right? Did we just make a song? I, I, did we just? That was pretty dope. Did we just make a song? I think that, we did. That was for you, Susan Olson. That was that was fun. I'm glad we I, did I the hope, freestyle. I hope you get. I hope you listen to this. Oh my god. Um, well, let's. We'll finish the rest of the article. But I want to maybe pull that out later and we'll we'll play it or We're something. We're actually. Uh, yeah. That That's, was all improv too, yo. Yeah, that was. That's called comedy. Well, we were, yeah, we were. Re- that job, apatow. <laughs> yeah, right. Fuck you, sausage party. In a <laughs> statement posted on Facebook Saturday morning, LA Talk Radio said they have fired Olson, writing, LA Talk Radio takes pride in its close and collaborative relationship with the LGBT community and will continue to provide a home for those who have hopeful and positive messages of togetherness and tolerance to share with our listeners. We will not tolerate hateful speech by anyone associated with our radio station and have severed ties with a host that veered off the direction in which we are going there we go we should just start exploiting trump supporters well we should actually make a rap every week about all the ridiculous things that he says or something and just like take (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna come out banging (laughs) y'all like got a new album Right. She wrote the greatest stuff in the world. You lying snake in the grass. <laughs> Who knew I knew how to I know that was pretty dope. That was You have skills with a Z. Thank you. Oh Thank you're you. welcome. Uh so back to drugs. This is the uh this is another article on the House GOP reopens push to drug test the employee the unemployed. Uh vote is expected. Uh this week, as one congresswoman prepares to resume her push to drug test the wealthy, oh, this is interesting, by Stephen Nelson, uh, many Americans without jobs may be required to pass a drug test or lose short-term employment insurance payments as a result of legislation from congressional Republicans that is set to come up for vote. The House of Representatives is scheduled to vote, and they did, so this was the whole thing. Um, opponents... 
see an expansion of testing as unnecessary, degrading and potentially costing more than it would save. But proponents see it as a way to utilize public funds to enforce work suitable conduct, benefiting both taxpayers and job seekers. Unemployment insurance is a federal state benefit program that generally allows 26 weeks of pay tied to a beneficiary's recent job history. It was established in the 1930s and is funded through taxes paid by employers. Historically, it has featured no drug testing. In some sense, you have been taxed for the benefits, so it's a little like giving drug tests to people whose houses burn down if they want to collect on their fire insurance, said Gary Bertless, an economist at the Brookings Institute, describing skepticism of the idea. It's, it's a great, that's a great uh, metaphor. The legislation considered this week, House Joint Resolution 42, would strike down a federal rule formalized in August that allows states to test people fired for using drugs or those seeking jobs involving transportation guns or positions where testing is ordered by law. Yeah, if you're a police officer, you should probably have drug testing. Oh, the absolutely. August regulation Fuck opened yeah. the drug testing door for the first time since 2012. Law provided the statutory basis pending Labor Department identification of occupations that regularly conduct drug testing applications, applicants who would be eligible for tests. The 2012 legislation was the product of a compromise with Democrats winning an extension of benefits for long-term unemployed. At the time, politicians strongly disagreed on the likely scope of testing foreshadowing the current debate. Some Republicans feel the Obama administration intentionally identified very few occupations. If successful, the latest measure from Republican David Bradley, Republican Texas, and 34 co-sponsors would force the Labor Department to craft a different rule. A win would also provide momentum to another Brady bill, the Ready for Work Act, which would explicitly allow states to decide for themselves who among the unemployed should be tested. It's, it's a racist thing. You're so right. Um, though hard numbers are unclear, the 2012, the 2011 survey by the Drug and Alcohol Testing Industry Association and the Society for Human Resource Management offers ballpark figures for, un- for employers that regularly drug test with an estimate that 57% test all job op- applicants and 36% perform testing after hiring. And a uh, spokeswoman said it has not performed more recent surveys and did not respond to an inquiry. I'm like not getting that. This is all very confusing to me. All I, all I'm getting out of this is now they can, they can drug test for, yeah. Um, and it seems like they can, they've always choose. been able to do that. Haven't they? Not for unemployment though. Oh, oh, you're still talking about They're the unemployment. Yeah. That part. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, that's crazy. That's fucking bullshit. That doesn't make any sense. It's just that more encroaching shit, like I was saying earlier, where it went from before you even get the job, now it's like before you even apply to get the unemployment from the job. Yeah. Well, I remember such a- um, Scott Walker, the governor, governor of Wisconsin, was trying to get a, a bill passed to uh, drug test. Oh, and, and also in Kansas, too. Uh, they were trying to get a bill passed to uh, drug test. Um uh, food stamp recipients. Yeah, yeah. There was so a thing here kind of, in California a, for that. Yeah, so it's what? kind of the same thing yeah. that they're, you know, lower income people. Except they, that in California, weed is legal, so they can't take away my food stamps if they drug test. No, me. no, they no, it didn't it's pass. Not, oh, but okay, I'm just okay. saying they tried to introduce a bill. Jerks. Agreeing with. Yeah, I see. Sorry. I see. Uh, this is a new one. Advocates push crucial legislation to seal past marijuana possession convictions. This is really important because the executive order that just went out said that they can deport people who have any 
um, any convictions, convictions, any convictions at all. But it could be like a traffic conviction now, right. and they can come to your house and be like, get out of the country. Like, they're really, they're cracking down. So sealing past possession convictions, and especially when they're small, small possessions, because it was a stop and frisk in, in, in New York, and there was they were taking people with tiny, tiny amounts of marijuana, and they were, con- they were arresting them and then convicting them of a crime. And that, even if it's a small, small amount, could now, if it's not sealed, it could force someone out of the country. It could do all kinds of terrible things. Yeah. It can mess up jobs. It can do all kinds Families. of stuff. Technically, crossing the border is illegal. Therefore, anybody who ever crossed a border is technically doing an illegal act. Therefore, if you read the statute of the law, anybody who ever crossed a border living could actually technically be pushed out. That's how the law reads. Uh, Sealing records for low-level marijuana offenses could help prevent deportations in Trump America. In my building? I'm sorry. They got a sign up in the window as soon as you hit the lobby, dog. It's in two languages, English and Spanish. It says, what to do if INS shows up or ICE shows up. Do not answer the door. Keep silent. Call us. We're here to help you. Wow. Ding. That's yeah. That's just real. Uh, Advocates and legislators held a press conference in Albany to demand reprieve for the harm that has been caused by arrests for low-level marijuana possessions and mobilize for legislative solutions to keep New York families together. New York's marijuana arrest crusade began more than 20 years ago. Since then, police departments across the state have arrested more than 800,000 New Yorkers for low-level marijuana possessions and offenses. In 2016, more than 22,000 New Yorkers were arrested for possessions of small amounts of marijuana, 80% of whom were black or Latino. What's worse, many of these arrests were of the product of an unconstitutional stop. Once convicted, a permanent record can follow these mostly young people of color for the rest of their lives. A record easily found by banks, schools, employers, landlords, and licensing boards. Today, thousands of New Yorkers can still be burdened by these arrests even after the governor and law enforcement officials admitted they were wrong. Recently, the New York State Assembly passed a landmark piece of legislation to provide some reprieve for those who have been most criminalized in New York State. The responsibility for pushing this bill forward now falls to the Senate and the governor, who have an opportunity to right a wrong by sealing these arrests. I introduced the marijuana ceiling bill because drug laws have created a permanent underclass of people unable to find jobs after a conviction, said Assembly Member Crystal Peoples Stokes. Peoples Stokes. One of the most damaging issues derived from the war on drugs is the policies that are inherently racist. Communities of color have been devastated by bad drug, drug policies and hypercriminalization for the past 40 years. It is an approach that has never worked and has caused significantly more harm than good to our communities and our families. If today's moment of increased attention to heroin encourages us to center public health in our drug policy, then we need to ensure that we are making amends to the communities of color by alleviating the burden bad policy have had on their lives. Sealing low-level marijuana possession conviction is the first step to reintegrating thousands of New Yorkers who are inhibited um, from daily from accessing employment, housing, and an education all due to a conviction on their record for simple possession of marijuana. This sealing legislation has also taken on increased importance amid the Trump administration's rhetoric for actions targeting immigrant communities. Simple marijuana possession is the fourth most common cause of deportation at the national level, and sealing records will make 
will provide a measure of protection for non-citizens by making it difficult or impossible for immigration authorities to meet their legal burden of proof for a judge to find a lawful permanent residence deplorable. A lawful permanent resident deportable. That's insane to me. It is insane. It's because insane. That, and you know that's not going to happen, right? That shit that's, is not going to get sealed because it, there's too much money involved. There's no fucking way. That does not pass. I a, guarantee A marijuana it. conviction. I'd be shocked if it does. I hope it does. A marijuana conviction too. can lead to a devastating consequences for immigrants, including detention and deportation, said Elisa Wellick, executive director for the Immigrant Defense Project. This bill will provide some important protections for green card holders and undocumented New Yorkers targeting by Trump's aggressive deportation agenda. New York State first decriminalized personal marijuana possession in 1977, recognizing the harmful impact an arrest could have on young people. Although New York officials, including Governor Cuomo and Bill, Mayor Bill de Blasio, have previously recognized these arrests as ineffective, unjust, and racially discriminatory, they still continue across the state because of a loophole in the law. In 2016, more than 22,000 New Yorkers were arrested for possession of small amounts of marijuana, 80% of whom were black or Latino, Governor Cuomo proposed closing this loophole as a part of his state of the state 2017, citing damaging collateral consequences. As policymakers acknowledge that these arrests are unjust and should not take place in the future, they must simultaneously focus on repairing harm for people burdened by a criminal record from such an arrest. The discriminatory practices are statewide. For example, the city of Buffalo in Erie county african-americans represented 70 percent of the marijuana arrests despite only being 38.6 percent of the population and using and using marijuana at similar rates than other groups once convicted a permanent record can follow these mostly young people of colors for the rest of their lives new york must repair the harm of the harms are racially biased marijuana laws and sealing low-level marijuana convictions is a step in the right direction. Thank you to the New York State Assembly for recognizing that a permanent criminal record is an outsized burden for low-level marijuana possession and that allowing sealing of these convictions will allow New Yorkers to avoid job loss, eviction, and a host of other unnecessary collateral consequences. Uh, said Alyssa Aguerla, co-executive director of Vocal New York. Uh, increasingly, jurisdictions and legislators across the country are realizing that marijuana prohibition has been ineffective, unjust, and racially discriminatory, and are working to implement regulatory systems that are fair and effective. In New York, assembly members recognize that it, at a minimum, people should not be saddled with a permanent criminal record simply for possession of a small amount of marijuana. Advocates now look to the Senate to quickly pass the Senate bill companion sponsored by Senator Jamal Bailey before the session ends on June 21st and begin to repair the damage done by marijuana prohibition to communities across the state. Governor Cuomo also has a unique opportunity to address the harms that these arrests have caused by enacting ceiling for marijuana possessions as a part of his decriminalization proposal in this state budget legislation. Such a move would show his commitment to the communities that have borne the Born the harshest brunt of the racial profiling and those most currently vulnerable under Trump's executive order. Yeah, if there's any state that's going to do it, New York would be the one. Well, it'd be great. I mean, the thing is, I'm just, I'm really, all these executive orders and all these things that are happening, I'm, I'm wondering, like, what's the bigger picture here? Are we, are we trying to get back to, because we already, didn't we just, didn't we all just get woke about the whole 
prison system and like and how the drug war failed and right. all that fun stuff. Didn't we That's all not the people them? in power though. They didn't. They never woke up. They're still sleep on that big dog. And they're about to die too because they're old white well, people. They don't die. <laughs> they they have um, children no. and they're shitty too. Remember? Don't you remember all those shitty people in your class? Don't you no. think though that I do that Ivanka <laughs> Michigan that Ivanka forty five does a ton of cocaine like his daughter hanging out in the White House. Who you don't cares? think that, that rich people get to do as much cocaine yes. as they want, but yes. then anybody else has a tiny little bit. No, rich people no. can do whatever they want because yes. they can get their lawyers to, to get them all. Because money talks and bullshit walks in this country. But That's the thing it. is that we make it so that only certain people can make money. Yes, I I see the racket. It makes yeah, me it's very angry. It's, it's, it's it obvious. Yeah, exactly. And you know. Marxist. If all labor was valued equally, none of this would be a problem. I've been talking about this just since I was like if 12, all, 13 years old. The thing is, it's the same <laughs> thing. Play the game. It's the same thing my mom told me when I was game. little and I grew up in I Danville. Like so I grew up in Danville and I was a rich person and I, I didn't understand. And there are the two things that my parents taught me. I said, Daddy, what's, what's the difference between a Republican and a Democrat? And he said, uh, Pam, like Republicans are people with money that want to keep it. And Democrats are people without money that wants to take the Republicans' money and give it to their poor people. That's what he said the difference between Democrats and Republicans were. And then my mom would say, whenever I was like, ugh, I don't want to study or whatever, she'd say, well, the world needs ditch diggers too, Pam. There you go. Basically devaluing somebody's labor, their actual labor, people that actually have a real job and do work. Yeah. It just completely teaching me that Uh that is worthless as a child. And, but it's... Ditches need to be dug. Well, all that stuff. (laughs) Things need to be farmed. Food needs to be farmed. Ditches need to be dug. Animals need to be slaughtered. Food needs to be cooked. All of these things. Things need to be built. Burritos need to be cooked. There's all kinds of things. There's tons and tons of actual labor and things that are produced. Dams are built. And bridges are built. And and those have worth, but somehow we fucked our money structure where we give all these people a bunch of money to do nothing, yep. to write code the, in a room, to sell things somewhere. Be a consultant. But the, the problem is all the people that you have in this uh, the Cheeto administration um, are um, they're billionaires. They come from money. I mean poor ejemplo. We will speak on Betsy DeVos. Oh, please. She's from my home state of Michigan. I, I remember oh, her for I, years. I know. Education. I know. Yeah. Um, and she doesn't know anything about a day in her life about public school. You know? So why would you put someone in charge of something they don't know anything about? Because she They've hates never- it. I mean, no, it's not because she hates it. It's because that's not her environment. And no, it's because she's ignorant and she does. She's never had to go through that. That's why she hates it. Well, she you actively hate has the a unknown. disregard. That's for the things, thing. Exactly. Thing. I'm just saying. People who do hate are the ones who the people who hate are the ones because they just don't know. They ignorant. hate the unknown. Yeah, no. yeah. And you know, like she would like her first day, for example, she tweeted um. First day, first day of class, were the pencils, and the teachers were so mad at that because they said you have to buy your own supplies. You're, yeah. this is what education is. Wow. If you're a teacher, you, she didn't even know that. She wants to defund the fucking thing that she thinks has too much money today. That's the problem. Well, yeah, yeah it's uh, that's the problem. But the val- she, that's the whole thing when she's talking about pull out your pencils. They're like, bitch, we ain't got money for pencils now. So the right. fuck are you talking about pull out our pencils, bitch? Then no, she's she asked, the woman that's gonna cut their funds more. Right. She asked, where are the pencils? 
That's even worse. In the motherfucking uh, pencil store, bitch. At the, yeah, at the well, but the store, fact bitch. of the matter is, she didn't realize the fact that you have to buy your own supplies. Right, right, right. Everything. In other words, things aren't given to you compared to the life that you've lived. You're taking a, a role where the majority of people who have had this role have had contact in being in a public school or what have you. Right. She is oblivious into anything in right. that. In, in, in the early, in like 2001, I was in a classroom and we were so defunded that I couldn't let my kids take books home because A, they wouldn't oh. come back. But also, I only got one book. I had to photocopy oh, everything. Come on, I had to photocopy Catcher in the Rye. I had to photocopy Catcher in the Rye. I had to photocopy it chapter by chapter. And I had to pay, we only got like 150 photocopies, like, you know, a week or per month or whatever. So, and I'd have to pay for more. For, 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 right, so I'd actually, but it's illegal. It's illegal to, so I couldn't really do it at a Kinko's because it's illegal to. Copyright. Right. So I'm like, I have to use. I only get one book. I can't use our photocopier. I can't go to Kinko's and do it. They won't do it for me. I've got to like find some rogue copier at like the back of a Safeway or something where like nobody's going to be like, you're making you huge copies of Xerox takes a copy Holland of every Caulfield. copy you ever make. Isn't that weird? I used to work for Xerox. Did you know that? My ex-husband's father was a VP with the Xerox. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I know the difference between a xenographic modulator and a regular drive. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, hey, we're, we, we're off the um, we're off the Drug Policy Alliance news. You guys can like them on Facebook and go read things at Drug Policy Alliance, drugpolicy.org. Moving on to Gnarl Pro-Choice America. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to read a little, just one thing from their, them today because uh, they're not as prolific as Drug Policy Alliance is, but that's fine. Uh, today at CPAC, Rennes nails it. Oh, WH Co says, Gorsuch represents the type of judge that has the vision of Donald Trump. Today at CPAC, White House Chief of Staff Rince Pribus made the argument that Narl Reese Thank you. That gnarl pro-choice America and many others have been making about Neil Gorsuch. He will not be an independent check on the executive branch. Rather, he will be a justice to carry out Donald Trump's vision for America and cement Trump's policies for generations to come. During today's session... Priebus said, because Neil Gorsuch represents a conservative, represents the type of judge that has the vision of Donald Trump, and it fulfills the promise that he made to all of you, to the Americans across the country. A statement, Elsie Hogue, president of Gnarl Pro-Choice America, uh, Reince let the cat out of the bag. Far from the mainstream image he is trying to project, Neil Gorsuch will rule according to Donald Trump's vision for America. A vision that Trump ma- has made clear includes ending abortion, banning people based on their religion, and denying the basic rights of LGBTQ people. We think rents for making it crystal clear Gorsuch will not be an independent justice. He will be a rubber stamp on Trump's agenda. At a time where Americans are in the streets and packing towns halls demanding elected officials stand up for our rights, every single senator, Democrat or Republican, should take heed and voice clear opposition to this extreme and dangerous pick. Yep. 
uh, Narrow Pro-Choice America and its network of state affiliates are dedicated to protecting and expanding reproductive freedom for all Americans. Narrow works to guarantee that every woman has the right to make personal decisions regarding the full range of reproductive choices, including preventing unintended pregnancy, bearing healthy children, and choosing legal abortion. In recognition and its work defending our constitutional right to choose, Fortune magazine described NARL as one of the top 10 advocacy groups in America. So that's a little news from NARL today. Yeah, keep uh, Still fight. Bad. I mean, we've got it. There's got to be. And it. I, I just can't believe that there's a still half of America that's like, yeah, everything's going on is great. Well, I like mean, everything he's been doing, everything 45's doing is great. Love it. Great. I don't, yeah. And uh, <laughs> Silver Liberties, think, fuck them. I don't think the, they're paying attention, just like a lot of us aren't paying attention to what's really going on and some of the things that were, uh, are getting signed that right. uh, you know we're not talking about just like last week for example i mentioned the uh, the bears and the wolves in alaska oh uh-huh that bill um and then there's the transgender bathroom bill oh. that we backed on or not we excuse me the cheeto administration what they did this week you know so but i do like the fact that these town halls they are bipartisan though a lot of people are saying like no it's the liberals that are like paying people at these town halls that is not true that is so not true these people are desperate because about the the obamacare oh yeah uh-huh. you know and so that and that's what's going on right now so people are starting to get angry but also we the democrats you guys need to get your shit together cuz we have an election year 2018 is coming up and I think with all this shit going on, the Democrats just might have, if they get their shit together, we could take back the House next year. And that is important. That's super important. That is more important than Cheeto. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know at this point. I'm I'm so scared. I'm, I'm so scared. I'm I'm scared every day. Every day. I'm black, so you know. I know. I <laughs> I'm but, colorblind, so I no. No, I mean, you're not. Don't say that shit. Is There's that no terrible? such thing. There's no such thing as colorblind. Leave that PC shit away. Piss on it. I, I just um, I don't I don't think like I don't think of you as like my black friend Latoya. No, I just think of you no, as my friend I'm Latoya. Indi- I'm an individual. Right. But right. also at the same day. We are going to be de- treated differently in circumstances. I, I hate that too. And that well, is- and I recognize those kind of differences too because right. I get treated differently when I wear a certain outfit, or if I wear makeup, or if I, if I actually when I but wear makeup, I that. feel like it you- makes me feel like a clown. I feel like people are looking. I feel like I get so much attention. I feel it. It feels comical yeah. that I'm that makeup does this, and I just feel like the way people look. It's so weird how people see color how they see facial structure makeup whatever you're how we all present to each other and man i since i've been smiling uh at and maybe this makes me even more racist but whenever i see a woman in a burqa Man, I smile hardcore at her. I see anyone with like a headscarf. Is that the white guilt? Well, I don't know. It's, it's I, because I feel guilty for the, I guess the rest of everybody being dicks to Muslims right now. But whenever I see somebody who's like, and there's a lot of Muslims in my neighborhood, there's halal butchers and there's people and it's great. And I, I'll, I smile extra big. You know, I'll say, hey, how you doing? Because I'm like, I want to somehow apologize for the rest of don't. what's happening. Don't overcompensate. And I'm not overcompensating. I'm just saying, like, Muslims are cool. No, oh, I'm, 
to me they're it's just people with another religion that's just what i think of it as you know I, mean, I used to visit a Muslim country all the time, and I always had a blast. You know, I think the... F- See, it's the fear of the unknown again, that right. hatred. You know, these... For example, the Indian gentleman that was murdered at the bar in Kansas. Did you read about I, that? I didn't. Was he... Um, it was a hate crime. Native American, he or was, was a, he? Um, he was a, dots or feathers. Uh, he was, uh, <laughs> dot. <laughs> um, but Sorry, this happened in Kansas City, Kansas, and um, this white dude was chastising these Indian brothers who were minding their business, watching the game. Um, the guy who was a racist, of course, um, he left. He came back, shot, murdered one of the Indian guys and what have you and uh, shot some other people in the bar and then uh, i believe it was like a day or so later um he went to a bar bragging about he killed some iranians and the bartender called the police and found out it was this guy wow and by the way this is how ignorant you are the brothers weren't iranian they were indian See, this is how stupid people are. Just because they look a certain way. Not saying that, oh, if they were Iranians. I'm just saying <laughs> the ignorance of the fact <laughs> of the matter. It's just like, your perception is so off. Yeah. People's perception is way off. And you're so uneducated. You can't even shoot the wrong... Like, you can't murder anyone from the right country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean that's making fun but right, i'm not right, actually right. making fun of the situation because no, it's, it's sad it's very sad and it is a hate crime super hate crime. and that is where we are right now and yes that is getting scary because that shit that can happen anywhere yeah they're I, deporting people here in the city it's so scary the it there's been synagogues here um in the city uh, a couple days ago that were um you know vandalized you know, so no place is safe. I don't, I, I've never felt safe in one place. I mean, I felt safer in different places, but to me, you know, I, this rhetoric that is going on, it's bad news. It's bad news. On, yeah. on, on good news. I'm followed by 428 people. Is that a lot of people to follow you? That means yeah. they get, that means they like, they, they have access to all of my, I'm on their, I've, I'm followed. You're followed. You're loved. Yeah. Except that uh, if you are, if I am followed, if you're actually listening to this, actually we, we, we have been getting really good downloads on AltaCast, which is exciting. Yes. So thank you for listening. But if you do live in San Francisco, please, 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 please come to the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Yes. Please. Will you please come to the Mutiny Radio Comedy it is, Festival? It is it's starting gonna, today. It's going to be really, really fun. It's a, um, it's a beautiful day today. It's the sun's so out. glad that it's not ugly. Um, going till Saturday. Going till Sunday, actually. Excuse me, Sunday. Yeah. Excuse me. The, um, so the Tonight Show, uh, I'll just go through the whole thing. Um, at 6 o'clock, it's Locals Only with host Ruby Gill at featuring Janita Rust Orta, Journey Roberts, Clay Newman, and Clara Bell. At 7 to 7.50s East of the Rockies with host Arden with Martin Lendels. Uh, and we just had a... It, Benji Wright isn't in it. It's We just got it uh, switched. It's with... I wrote it down somewhere else. Never mind. Ben Quick also on that. Uh, the Smarty Pants Show with Brooke Heineken, all with advanced degrees. We have Ben Harkins, Alan Jimapapa, and Trina Roderick. Don't shoot. I'm not white with host 
Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, win with Charles Hoffa Kelly, Reed Clark, and James Barella. And then at, from 10 to 10.50, hosted by Charles Hoffa Kelly, it's the Filthy Dirty Comedy with Scotty Kidd, Joe Kelly, Tanya Nascimento, and Tony Lewis here Yay. tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, come down. Come down. All the shows are 10 bucks a piece. You can get the entire festival pass for 35 the post office lady is so fine. Isn't Sister she? girl. She yeah. used to, she, she used to do ours so on Van Ness. Ooh, girl. She's very pretty. She's pretty. I always say hi to her, and I see her on the bus, too, and she's I always say hi. And yeah, she's, yeah, she's nice. I like her. Silky. She is, she is so really dumb. pretty. So come on down. Dude. So come on down to the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival this is tonight. A great way to start the month. Guest is outside for your two o'clock show. Oh, great. Cool. Jason Herbert. Uh, for some call me Tim. Well, Latoya, we did it. We got through another thing. Thanks, George, for being here. First day of the festival. Oh, First day of the festival. And we got to give props to Susan Olsen. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I need to stop this so that we can... I'm going to play it back, but probably for people on some... Y'all might be able to check that shit out. Yeah, I'm going to... When I I press stop right now, I'm going to do a little magic, and I'm going to pull it out and record it on the side and just have it there so we can listen to it again. So... Uh, thank you so much, Latoya. As always, thank pleasure. You. I'll see you later tonight. Oh yes, I will be. Black Sorry beer. about that Buzzworks business. Ah, fuck them. Yeah, I got a better job. Yay. The Keller Bar. Yay. Well, uh, we'll see you guys all tonight at the Mutiny Radio Comedy Come on Festival, down. and this all this week through Sunday at ten o'clock. Okay, bye everybody. Bye. Tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby. Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4AltaCalifornia.com. That's 4AltaCalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4AltaCalifornia.com. This is Tusha Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as the Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pam Dastics books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pam Tastics deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 
10 p.m. And I laughed because $5, I mean, that's what I used to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-face McRat. <laughs> Subliminal SF brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. The second annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is coming March 1st through 5th, 2017 to San Francisco, featuring 25 shows in five days and 50 comedians from across the entire U.S. From Washington and Portland to Los Angeles, New York to Indiana, Tennessee to Pennsylvania, these comics 
will join San Francisco's best underground comedians for five days of comedy at Mutiny Radio. All shows will be live streaming and available after via podcast at www.mutinyradio.fm. But see them live in our intimate 30 seat. Trump support. I I think Trump supporters are funny to me. Really, I don't think we should take them off the air all the time. Okay. Hold on, I'm gonna. This is a this is a rap rap background. We're gonna rap to it. <laughs> we'll get a little bit beat. Hey there, little pussy. Let me get my big boy pants on and really take you on. What a snake in the grass. You are, you lying piece of shit. What? Too cowardly to confront me in real life. You do it on Facebook. You're the biggest faggot ass in the world. Biggest pussy, pussy, pussy. My dick is bigger than yours, which, which ain't saying much. What a true piece of shit you are, lying faggot. I hope you meet your karma slowly and painfully. Say uh, slowly and painfully. I'm Susan Olsen. Oh, uh, slowly. I said Susan Olsen. And painfully. They call me Cindy and Brady. My name is Susan Olsen and I love Trump today. Oh, oh, Olsen. Brady, get it. Brady. Uh, I hope. Sincerely hope you reap all this that you deserve Karma-wise, you pathetic little cunt You are Hell is waiting for you Enjoy Hell is waiting for you Enjoy What? Hell is waiting for you Enjoy Slowly What? Slowly Slowly And painfully My name is Susan Olsen Susan Olsen Susan Olsen Susan Olsen They call me Cindy Susan Olsen Susan Olsen Susan Olsen they call me Cindy Brady. I make America great again. Making America great. What a pathetic little cunt you are. Hell is waiting for you. Enjoy. 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 Susan Olsen, the biggest cunt, drops a port of fork. You. Right? Did we just make a song? <laughs> Did we? For all your wholesale produce needs, 2055 Jared Avenue. Hope your legs are looking sexy, because we're going to charm your pants off. Come to the Charm Offensive Comedy Show at Punchline San Francisco. It's a night of great jokes, magnetic personalities, featuring the Bay Area's most awarded comedians, plus national headliners. You'll laugh. You'll swoon. And when you regain your composure, you'll swipe right. Tuesday, March 7th. Doors at 7, show at 7.30 at 444 Battery Street in San Francisco's Financial District. Brought to you by Paco Romaine and Destiny's Moms Comedy. Our last show sold out, so get your tickets now at punchlinecomedyclub.com. Charm Offensive at Punchline Comedy San Francisco. Tuesday, March 7th. See you there, sexy. What's with the limp? I got hit by a car on my bike. This person just ran a red light. How are you going to work? You wait tables. I don't know. I'm terrified. I count on my tips and these hospital bills are confusing. The insurance adjusters just treat me like I'm a piece of paperwork. Man, you should go to johnstrausslaw.com. 
Sean Strauss is a great personal injury attorney. When I got hurt, he handled everything for me. He was on my side. And best of all, I didn't have to pay out of pocket. He got paid when I did. That's great because I cannot afford to pay out of pocket. Yeah, don't let them confuse you and trick you. They treat you like you're a business. And it's not business, it's personal. Injury. JohnStraussLaw.com Insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite. I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. This is Tusha Matters with Mute in the Radio. Big up to the number one station that rule the nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over.